Welcome to the Now You Know Akron podcast, brought to you by the journalists of BeaconJournal.com. Each week, they will share their expertise on Akron and Summit County. Now, here's your host, Craig Webb. So for today's discussion, we're joined by our reporter, Tawny Bean and Joe Beyer. Tawny's working on a, on a special project, and, and we're going to launch this podcast with us. So, so welcome, both of you. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having me. All right, Tawny, you decisions, decisions, right? I mean, this is what this is is all about. And, and so why don't you tell us a little bit about the project and this installment? Yeah, so essentially, I am writing a series of stories about what people within the age group of 25 to 44 think about big life decisions, specifically life decisions related to the American dream. So a lot of times when people think of what the American dream looks like, they're coming home from their you know, uh, office job to their white picket fence and their doting spouse and 2.5 kids. So the five things I'm working on or specifically thinking about for this series is um, the buying a house, becoming a parent, retiring, starting or changing careers, and then getting married. Uh, so those are kind of the big decisions most people have to think about at some point in their lives, at least in America. And so, yeah, that's that's kind of where it's all coming from. Gee, I don't I don't think I fit any of those. I'm, I'm over. I'm 54, so I'm not in the age group. I don't have a white picket fence. I have five kids, and but, but I do have a yellow lab. I think that's kind of cliche in a in a cat. So maybe you know I I, I click some of the boxes. Well, Joe, welcome. I, I believe you live in Akron. Are you an Akronite? I, I live in Cuyahoga Falls. Oh, I was so close. Just uh, yeah, well, you know. so. Well, how do you fit in in Tawny's decisions, decisions, and and well, you know I didn't I, I didn't check all the boxes. Do you check any of the boxes? Oh, I I fall in the age group. I am forty three. Um, I do not have any kids. I've never been married. I do not have a house. I rent a gorgeous one bedroom apartment here in the falls that I love to pieces. And so and I have a motorcycle. So I love my job. It's a new newer job to me. It's not even a career for me. I went to college, have a bachelor's degree in education, taught for a little while, and then decided I didn't really like it. So I jumped in and did a few odds and ends jobs, worked for Speedway, did some web designing. And about four and a half years ago, I interviewed at Rubber City Harley-Davidson and have the best life in the world. I have an awesome group of friends. I just couldn't imagine my life without the Harley world. And so I am all for anyone who is not enjoying their life, finding something that changes that, I guess, whether it be a career or a house or moving to another state. I think that if you find yourself that you're not enjoying your day-to-day world, you need to make a major life decision and change that. That that's that's kind of what I feel. I guess I'm curious. I mean, you've made a lot of decisions in your life, and we make decisions every day, right? We're going to wake up, get out of bed. I mean, that's that's a huge decision for me every day. But did you feel any – I mean, I guess I'm curious about your your peers a little bit. Did you feel pressure to be kind of following their decisions? I mean, were you an outcast – not to say outcast, an outlier? Or did you find a lot of folks of your peers were kind of making decisions, getting married later, and and just those type of life choices? Honestly, not until I really started working for Harley. I am definitely the when I went to high school, my all I graduated with like 72 kids in a very small town, Attica, Ohio, 100 miles away, and a lot of my friends got married and had kids and you know, lived 5 miles away from home. I have two sisters, one of them lives 5 miles from my parents' house with her kids. And 
I just knew growing up, I didn't want that yet. I wasn't ready to get married. I did not want to have children. And I was not going to get stuck in a world that I didn't enjoy. I wasn't, I knew I wanted to love my life. And I knew that right off the rip that I, marriage wasn't right there for me and it still isn't. It's just, I guess it's whether it's social norms or not, you have to make the decision to be happy. And I want to be happy no matter whether society agrees with my version or not. I'm okay with that. Wow. I think society disagrees. I mean, every decision is is great. So what about your your housing? I mean, do you think you ever have that desire to own your own home or do you, I mean, what what are the benefits for you believe in, in renting as opposed to owning? Well, the best part about renting is when my heat goes out, I call my landlord and he fixes it immediately. That's the easy part of being a single female is that it's just really nice not to have to worry about if my hot water tank goes out or shelling the driveway when we had that 15 inches of snow a few weeks. You know, that's not I mean, I did some of my own shoveling, but the landlord came and plowed it and the streets were plowed as that those day to day inconveniences aren't necessarily my monetary concern. And so that's probably the best thing about it. Plus, I'm one person. I don't need three rooms to furnish. That's a lot of expenses also, is if you start talking about you've got five rooms to furnish, you've got five rooms to furnish. You need a kitchen table. You need coffee tables, more chairs. I don't need seating for 19 people. I don't want seating for 19 people. And so, therefore, it's the one-bedroom apartment is perfect for me. I have enough stuff already. I have enough. I have plenty of closet space. And so, therefore, maybe um, in 50 years, I'll be ready to move home to the family farm and live that way because we do have, my dad does have land and there will be inheritance and that sort of thing. But it's 50 years down the road. Right now, I have no desire whatsoever to buy a house. So, so you grew up in a family farm. What kind of farm was it? Dairy or was it? Uh... Pigs. We raised pigs and then farmed. Dad had a um, little more than 900 acres and some of it's woodland, some of it's homestead, and but corn, wheat, and soybeans. So I, for those of us who are, who are listening, and, and maybe we have a viewing option coming up here, and I'm not sure if this will be one of them, but, but you do have red hair and you're very striking red hair and, and you grew up on a farm. I mean, you really... You know, you didn't follow, follow the, that small town rural Ohio life. I mean, you you work for a Harley dealership. I mean, you're, you're you're single and you have red hair. I mean, it was probably a very dramatic. I mean, you made some really dramatic life decisions in in many ways. I mean, and that's just it. Is is it? And, and there's been times where it, you really I've got to stop and think. And I call friends and I call mom and dad and I'm like, listen, I love my life and they can hear it in my voice and they just support that. They don't uh, always, we don't always agree. We are a typical family that, but we argue and we talk about it and we move on and we love each other. So I, and I've got, I, I know Tawny's mom. I've met some awesome female writers that are just strong-willed and independent women. And they just help celebrate every little milestone that you make. And it's so wonderful to have people like that, that just want to see you succeed and do whatever they can to help that. And I truly believe that that is, that's a biker thing, that they just will help anybody. So I, and I'm probably going to show my ignorance, but, but aren't, aren't Harleys also called hogs? Am I, am I right? Or am I, so it's kind of ironic, right? So you went from a pig farm to hogs. So it's not like a big stretch, I, I suppose, but. but Tawny, the, Harley hogs are much more fun to ride. I will tell you that. Tony, what's, what, what's your thoughts? I mean, you know, how did Joe fit in when you're doing your research and all this? I mean, you know, I mean, it's, 
everyone has their own stories, right? I mean, it's it, it's kind of you know we we all I kind of did the married, you know, bought a house. I mean, I I really literally followed the uh, cliche path, perhaps. And but you know, in, in your thoughts and and what did you find in your own research on on this? I mean, is Joe typical? A little bit more common now that that folks are getting married later. I mean, I I know in my situation, my own daughters. I mean, I have our oldest is you know she's twenty six. We were married by then. I mean, my my wife and I, I think Jennifer was twenty one when we got married. And so you know, my own kids are kind of following a different path. I mean, in, in their decision, their life, and and just not doing what what I did. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, I would say, Joe, you are still a bit of the outlier, at least in my with my research of what I've done. I have I've talked to, uh, including Joe, total of twelve people trying to get from all walks of life um, in and kind of around Summit County. Everyone that I've talked to, I believe, ha- either has a house or has want like wants to have a house. Now saying that, definitely the pattern that, um, so I would say a good portion of the people I talk to, if they have kids, they are single parents. And they, you know, they mention it, it's hard for one person, even just the people I've talked to, um, talking to some of, um, you know, Craig, our coworkers, uh, telling them about this. And they kind of ask like, well, are the people that are having an issue, are they single? Cause it's, it's hard when you're just one person. I'm, I mean, I'm just by myself. I live in a one bedroom apartment and I'm like, I can't imagine having to afford a house. Cause I think of doing it it's just me. Um, so from what I've seen, a lot of people, Joe, as far as I know, I mean, everyone else has been like, you know, they want a home. A lot of them are struggling. And I I was kind of surprised to find that, uh, you know, I just thought I'm not, you know, I'm 22. So I'm not technically in this uh, 25 to 44 age group. But I expected it to be student debt was the number one reason that most people were having issues. Almost overwhelmingly, people said it was credit, which I was not expecting to be why they were having issues trying to afford a house or the thought of getting a house is very daunting because of that and that it's not really taught in schools and all the things that come with being misinformed on that. So I thought that was kind of interesting to at least to learn about. I'm kind of learning about learning through other people's experiences uh, as I go with this. So it's been very enlightening, especially with that. Well, Joe, you kind of have this kind of perfect storm a little bit in, in some ways to even want to buy a house. I mean, rates are great. I mean, they were low, low interest rate, but yet housing costs are so skyrocketing. And to buy a house, I mean, we even just got a unsolicited uh, estimate of our house. And I'm like, yeah, there's a lot more than we paid. And, but the question is, if I were to buy a house or sell my house, where am I going to go to find somewhere affordable that I even cash out my equity? I mean, it, it's almost like like, like trading off. That I, I just kind of wonder in apartment prices, I mean, are you finding that you're like rates are going up. I mean, living in apartments are getting more expensive. Mine, I've lived in the same apartment for three years. My landlord is fabulous. My rate, my rent has never gone up. My utilities are included. It's barely 600 a month. Yeah, I am extremely lucky. It's a very small five unit building, five women, um, different various ages, different various jobs. um, And we just, it's fabulous. We take care of each other. If Amazon takes the package to the wrong door, it shows up where it's supposed to. I had one of the girls the other day actually opened the Amazon package because she didn't read it. And she felt horrible. And I'm like, well, I'm just glad it wasn't, you know, <laughs> unmentionable or, you know, or something like that. You know what I mean? But at this, you know, it's just we help each other out when we can. I was going to the grocery store the other day and just wanted to make sure and brought a half gallon back for of milk for one of the other girls that it's definitely a small mentality here with rural community. We've still got my neighbors back. We, you know, there was somebody was stuck in the street and everybody came with shovels to help that it's, you just got to be in the right neighborhood, I guess. 
I'm curious how the pandemic has impacted you a little bit. I mean, has it changed the way you, your approach to life and just your, your, your thoughts on things? Not really. So um, Rubber City was shut down for four weeks at the very beginning of the pandemic last year. And then we went right back to work. We're still selling motorcycles, um, still selling leather coats to the guys that ride, having wonderful events. We've had a couple of really big events this season already. And so, no, it really hasn't changed. And I think that's because you bikers, you can't tell us what to do. We want to ride our motorcycles. We want to enjoy each other's company and we want to be out there. And so as soon as the weather changes, we're out there. And I don't think that the pandemic has changed any of that for me at all. So so Tani knows that I, I'll ride off on a sidetrack and easily get get, get uh, distracted. So I, I'm curious about, in terms of Harleys, had nothing to do with decision, but I guess it's a decision. Is it hard to buy a Harley? I mean, I, we, we hear about all these shortages and automotives and, and because of parts and things. I mean, is it, I mean, could I walk in and get a Harley? Do I have to order it? I mean, I'm, I'm curious, like, how available. On the floor, we have everything from brand new 2022s that have three miles on them to used bikes that are five six thousand dollars it all depends on what you're looking for a lot of it boils down to credit and what you want to pay every month and what you can afford to pay every month it's just like a car payment you have to have numbers in mind when you come in and talk to us but no not a problem you aren't experiencing the shortages that we've heard in the automotive side of like people want a toyota whatever and they have to wait six months before they can even even get it so so that's typically no and we have great inventory. I'm lucky. The owner of Rubber City Harley Davidson owns Ohio Motorcycle Group. And so he actually has four dealerships that we can pull inventory from. And he's been in the world for a while. Our general manager and sales manager have been in the Harley Davidson industry for long enough that we can find the bike you're looking for. And we have great relationships with other dealerships, even out of state, to find you what you're looking for. You mentioned earlier about your the family farm. Where do you see yourself 15 years from now? Do you still see yourself in Cuyahoga Falls or maybe you see yourself back in rural America? I don't see, not in 15 years. I'm hoping my parents are still around and I'm just helping out here and there where dad needs me. I love going home and going to the woods with my dad on the mule with the dog and the chainsaw and just being his daughter and having fun that way or helping mom take care of the house. I'm really not looking for that in the next 15 years just because of what else that means. I'm extremely lucky in the sense that both of my parents are still alive and still together. And so therefore, I'm going to not look at 15 years down the road because I'm afraid of what else that means. It sounds a little bit like a Hallmark movie plot, the dog, a mule. The chainsaw, going into the woods and maybe cutting down a Christmas tree or something. But yeah. uh, what advice would you give to, to someone who, like like yourself, who, you know, making these, you know, this young Tawny who, who might decide maybe marriage or whatever it is. I'm not speaking for Tawny, but it just using yeah. her as an example, you know, someone who decides to to make those decisions to have a more independent life. What would Is there anything you learned from your your journey that you would share and impart wisdom to others? Don't defend it. I do not have to defend the way I want to live to anybody. Do what makes you happy, and that's all you have to tell people. And if they don't understand it, then they don't understand it. But don't ever feel like you need to defend your life choices. So you are in your 40s, and, and you do have a little bit of you know life experience. I mean, I'm in my 50s, right. and I can look back even when I was 20. I mean, don't you you think you'd have to defend it now? I mean, don't, do you think the society changed enough that, that people don't really like you're going to follow this path? I mean, don't you think it's a little bit more accepting or, or what do you what, what's your thoughts? 
sometimes every now and then I get the person that, what do you mean? You're 43 and you don't have children or you've never been engaged or married or any of that. I think it's more of the fact that I'm just abnormal, whatever you want to call well, it. Well, I would say you're abnormal. Just, you're no, <laughs> I mean, you're normal, right? I mean, you're, you're normal. Well, you're, and that's just it. Is, is it just, I am eternally grateful that some of those choices or problems or, you know, I have made some decisions in my life and I could have, have had children. You know, I'm glad that I'm not a single parent because it's I can't even imagine. I have friends that are and it's difficult and we just do what we can to help her out. And so I think that it's just it's not so much trying to defend them. It's more I'm I'm not a social the social norm. Most women my age have a children or two and are going, you know, doing it alone. And I'm just eternally grateful that I don't have to and I can help others out that maybe are in that situation. Well, I think one last final big question is what kind of Harley do you own? So <laughs> I don't have a Harley. I have a Suzuki Intruder 800. Yeah. I am new to the riding scene. I just got it last March. And so therefore I, um, I'm really liking the V-Rods. And so I think that's probably what I'm going to end up with one day down the road. But um, if you know Harleys, a V-Rod is one of their fastest bikes, and it's definitely not a beginner's bike. So I'm going to ride my 800 Intruder and enjoy my life. Well, thank you. So I, mean, I think we're right off in the sunset, and maybe okay. to a pig farm and somewhere in Ohio. Oh. But uh, <laughs> well, thank you both so much. And, and this was a great conversation. And, you know, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Craig. Yeah, thanks for having thanks. us. Thanks, Tony. No problem. It was nice seeing you virtually, Joe, and um, learning more about you. That's all the time we have today for the Now You Know Akron podcast. Be sure to join us next week. Episodes release every Wednesday, wherever you download your favorite podcasts. They're also available on BeaconJournal.com and all our various apps. Before we go, I have to thank our producers, Darren Warbeck, and also Patrick Flaherty, who puts this all together. And we urge you to support local journalism by becoming a subscriber. If you've already signed up, well, you know the routine. You have my heartfelt thanks. Until next week, now you know Akron. Mm -hmm.